This week on First Time Moms Chat, I'm revisiting the challenges of balancing motherhood with work. I'm speaking with Nicole Cumberbatch, who, as a corporate VP in Florida, faced a challenging transition to motherhood when she gave birth to her son. During our chat, you'll hear Nicole talk about the challenges of managing her time, balancing a busy work schedule versus the time needed for her young son. How, as a successful woman, her expectations that motherhood would be easy were quickly quashed. And the challenges of handling employers who can be inflexible and lack empathy for new mums, and so, so much more. I'm Helen Thompson, and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a childcare educator and baby massage instructor, and know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Nicole and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm delighted to have you here and I'm really looking forward to hearing about your journey into motherhood and what you've learned about balancing it all with the needs of your son. Can you start by telling us about your background and your podcast? Thank you so much, Helen, for having me on. It's an honor. So yes, a little bit about me. I am a working mom. I think I consider myself kind of a fairly new mom. My son is five, so definitely a first-time mom. This is my first child and probably will be my only. I don't foresee us having any more children. Worked in corporate America. I live in South Florida. And last year, I pivoted to where I left my corporate VP job and wanted to do things on my own because I was not getting the support that I needed from my employers. I'm an employee that always gives 110%. I worked on the weekends. I was always giving. And after having my son, my priorities changed. And I realized that if I was going to work and spend eight to 10 hours away from my child or my family, I wanted to be fulfilling. I wanted it to be worthwhile. And I felt that wasn't happening. And it wasn't reciprocating of the amount of work I was putting in, they weren't doing for me. So I left and I started my own business, have a consulting business where I help business owners with their accounting. And then I also have the Motherhood Village that I started from a podcast. And I offer resources here in the South Florida community where we do a support group for moms. I do workshops for moms. I have an annual summit. And then of course, I also have the podcast. Mm. I was privileged to be interviewed on your podcast and it's a really good podcast. It's good to have that village and hearing mothers like you sharing because I think that's what a lot of first-time mums need to hear, that it doesn't have to be hard. 
because you've got the support of other mums around you, whether that's through the internet or whether that's through your friends and family or whatever. It's good to talk with somebody who has come from the corporate background and who has experienced what it's like to be a corporate woman and then choosing to be a mother. So can you share a little bit about your transition from being a corporate woman to now a working mother? Sure. I would say actually it was a big transition. And what I've learned with my podcast, especially being a career mom, which was interesting, and I'd love to dive deeper into this, is that a lot of mothers I realized who were in the corporate space, a lot of us, myself included, suffered either postpartum anxiety, not necessarily depression, anxiety, and a lot of us suffered this career identity crisis. And I think now 100 and something episodes in and talking to the women, I can kind of correlate it because when we're in corporate, we have this, we've made it, right? Especially if you've worked your way up. I know for me, I'm like, oh, motherhood's going to be easy. I've managed teams. I come equipped. I come equipped with certain skill sets that I thought for sure I can transition into motherhood. And truthfully, some of them have helped. But motherhood is a whole new world. They're hormones, the this. They don't tell you that your relationship with your husband may change. And not every child is what the books tell you. So I think a lot of moms in the corporate space struggle with that because I think we have such high regard that we can make it, we can do it. Motherhood's going to be easy <laughs> because we survive corporate. And then motherhood comes and it's a totally different experience. So that's one. And then number two, the anxiety aspect, at least for me, it was just very overwhelming. I did not expect to be so overwhelmed. I didn't expect for it to consume me as much as it did. And then with the career identity of saying, okay, I worked so hard to be a VP. I mean, I've been working since I'm 16 in the banking sector. I'm 39. That's a long time of working like a corporate job professional, right? I worked for a bank at 16. So my identity a lot of times was wrapped up in the role, the company I worked for. Then all of a sudden this child comes and you're like, well, can I do both? Will I be able to do both? What does that look like? Which is why your podcast, my podcast are so important because hearing from other women that have gone through a lot of the same struggles that you have, there's something special and like, a sigh of relief, like, okay, I'm not alone. You've experienced this as well. You hear me, you understand me. So yeah, so that's been my experience in in corporate and now motherhood. And from some of the women I've talked to that have been in corporate that are also now business owners and that are mothers. I think that the transition between being a business owner, you've still got that corporate experience. You haven't lost that. And I think a lot of mums, from my experience, do have the anxiety, as you've just mentioned, but they've also got that base that sometimes they forget about, that just because you're now a mom doesn't mean that you can't do what you want to do. You've just got to balance and do it differently. And that's the hard part, the balancing of being a mom and the balancing of having a child, because your child is number one, but then your career and the juggling and the balancing is the hardest part. How would you say you've coped with doing that? Truthfully, I'm still coping. I mean, my son will be six in November of this year. And like I stated, number one, when he was first born, Mm -hmm. I should have asked for more help, right? I should have had better Mm -hmm. questions. My company, I think, also wasn't equipped to really have the proper maternity leave, which could be a whole different conversation of how in the United States, we don't really support our working parents the way we should. So 
I would say step by step to not overload it. Step one, my son is here. Now I'm like, oh yeah, he's top priority, right? <laughs> um, I left that employer because it just wasn't working. I wasn't happy. I realized it was a toxic work environment. And truthfully, that was 2018. For almost three years, I struggled to find my place of what's next. I worked for different yes. employers, different things. And then COVID hit, unfortunately. And I literally had the owner of the company I worked for at the time. My son's school had just closed. I was mm -hmm. VP of finance and HR for this company. And I was on the phone with her and I said, you know, let me just be honest. And I said, look, I'm going to be transparent. I don't know what to do. My son is home from school. Can we do a flexible schedule? Like I'll come in on the weekends. I said, but I can't. And she literally told me, it sounds like you're choosing your family over my business. <sighs> and I said, and I remember because my son was screaming for me from the patio. And this goes into your, how do you juggle it? Because it is very difficult. And I paused and I said, with all due respect, absolutely. It was just the start of the pandemic. So I said, we don't even know what this is. I said, I'm not asking for much other than flexibility. I didn't say that I would leave. I didn't ask for more money. I just said I wanted flexibility. And then right then and there, I said, something has to change. So now you fast forward, I become a business owner. And I still struggle, right? Because now it's on me. <laughs> when you're a business owner, it's different where I think, if you're working, even if you're a high-end corporate, not that you can turn it off because depending on the position of the company you're working for, you might still have to be on your phone. So what I will say is now transitioning to a business owner, what's tough for me and slowly figuring it out is at the end of the day, my son just wants me with him when I am with him, right? He is more vocal now. When he was a baby, it was a little easier where I can give him to my husband or whoever, and then we're fine. Now he's vocal. So mm -hmm. he'll tell me, oh, do you have another podcast? Oh, do you have another meeting? Mommy, can we play? And hearing his voice. So now what I do is because you can't juggle at the same time, right? I can't be on this podcast with you. Well, technically, I guess I could and then be a mom. I have to be present. So what I've learned and in talking to other women is when I'm with my son, I am with my son. At least I try and be. I, I try not to be with my phone because what I've also learned is when I look at emails while I'm with him, and if I get a good or bad email, that changes my energy, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. then I might change my energy when I'm with him. So I try and be conscious of it. I'm not always the best at it, of putting it away so that when I'm with him, I'm with him. And then when we're not together, I try and be focused when I'm with my clients, when I'm doing a podcast, when I'm doing the things, then I try and be focused. And to me, that is the only way to be completely in the moment and everything else falls by the wayside. I think it's so important. I thought it was really interesting what you said about your conversation with your ex-boss, how she said, you're taking your family first and not my business. I've worked a lot in childcare and I've worked a lot with with mums and I appreciate the value of what mums do and because I've worked in that situation I've worked with mums like you who have been overwhelmed who have been stressed who've dropped the kids in childcare and I can see that they're just wanting to be with their kids they want to go to work but there's been that balance of I want to go to work I've got to go to work but I also want yeah. to be with my child but hearing what you said about that woman, I mean, you've got to have that balance from the employer side. And from what I pick up, well, that just doesn't happen these days. People expect mums to be there 24-7, regardless of yes. whether you've got kids or not. Correct. And there's a whole caregiving situation in general, not just the aspect of your children, but 
caregiving for your parents, caregiving yeah. on many different places, because there's some women who don't want mm. children. So to your point, yeah. yes. But I could tell you horror stories of working in corporate. Truthfully, I could probably write a book and I don't want to make it seem like every organization here because my husband, yeah. we were very, very thankful. The company he works for, he got eight weeks of parental leave. He was able to take 30 days of like time off. Oh, we were extremely grateful for that. But I will say to your point, because there's something that you basically mentioned there, because she wasn't a parent, but I guess you understand because you've worked there. To anybody listening to this podcast, I will say is a transition. It may possibly be a difficult transition for you if you're a first time mom and you're going from maternity leave back to work and trying to juggle all of the things. I think what would have helped me had I had more employer support or if I would have just been able to speak up and say, look, I need more time. I am struggling with this because there were times and even to this day, I went to my client's office. I had a rough drop off with my son. And that's another thing we don't talk about is the transition from dropping them off. Mm -hmm. And let's say they've been yelling, they've been screaming. And then I have to come into the office and say, good morning, where I'm still at a heightened level Mm -hmm. because my son just had a breakdown and now I'm having a breakdown. And I walked into my client's office. Thankfully, they're all women. They're all moms. And I said, I need a moment. And I just broke down. I said, you know, he's crying. He's like, why can't literally my son, my four-year-old son said, why can't you quit your job? Why can't I stay home with you? I don't want to go to school. I just want to be with you. And to hear that, oh my gosh, it's heartbreaking. But I cried. I let it out. And I knew at the end of the day, I'm doing what I want to do. And what I'm doing affords us to travel, affords us different things. And truthfully, it does uplift me. I enjoy it. All I can do is cry, let it out. I had my moment. And then I promised him I'll pick him up from school. We went to have ice cream afterwards. And it was good. I had my mm-hmm. day. I picked him up from school like I promised him. And that's another thing for first time moms, maybe listening if you're juggling. Just make those dates. Have those moments. If my husband goes to the gym on a Saturday, I try and make one-on-one dates with my son as often as possible. We'll go for ice cream and we'll just do the things that I know that he likes to do to kind of make up for those moments where, yes, he's like, but I want to be with you. I don't want to be without you. Can I just stay with you? And I can't because I have a meeting to go to or I have a podcast to record. So it's possible. I just think as an employer, you have to be able to support your employees and give them a safe space. And then as the employee, you have to be able to say, this is what I need. And even just people to vent to and cry to and say, let me release this. Let me let this out. Okay, good. Now I can start my day. I guess that's the same of what children are doing with temper tantrums. It's something that I've learned a lot also in my childcare career, but more so recently by talking to other mums. A temper tantrum is actually a child venting, saying, I want you, I want to be with you. And it's a matter of how you approach that. If you keep going, oh, no, no, I'll deal with that later or I'll come back later, you're not encouraging that child to express their feelings. And I think that's Correct. another part of it as well. You put your child in childcare, they're venting because they don't want to be in childcare. And as you said, you say to your child, look, I promise you I'll pick you up and we'll have an ice cream or something afterwards. But it's important to follow that through, follow your promises through. I'm a great advocate of doing that. If a child asks me something when I'm working in childcare or nannying or something, if I know I can't do it, I'll say I don't want to commit to that at the moment because I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it. I'm honest with them. 
you're still juggling with the nanny because you're juggling when the mom leaves and you've got to take that child away from the mom. That's a good point. And that's a hard one because you've got to take that child away from the mom and you've got to calm that child down. And that child is crying and having a temper tantrum because they want to be with their mom. And it's a hard transition for me as a nanny childcare worker. And I've just got to do what you do and just breathe and calm down. And if I'm calm and support that child, well, then I feel I'm doing my job. Yes. Oh my God, that's such a good point. And we had a nanny, we were very fortunate the first from six months to he was a year and a half. So basically a year. And oh man, I adored her. And I told my husband, we need to make sure she is good. To your point, she's watching our child, right? Like you said, a good child care worker, a good teacher, a good nanny recognizes and says, well, I can't take this personal of what this child is doing. They really want their mom. So all that I can do is give them a moment and make them have the safe space Mm. to replicate the safe space that they're missing from their parents leaving or their mother leaving or whatever that is. And I just want to go back because you mentioned, and I think this is key as well, that I've learned and in talking to the people I've talked to on my podcast is, yes, don't promise something to a child that you cannot keep. Mm -hmm. They will call it out. They recognize BS. Kids, I think even more so nowadays, sometimes when I even have it on my face, my son will look at me. He's like, are you mad at me? What happened? What's going on? Mm, Kids mm. recognize everything. So I think that's a good point to say. So I try to say what I mean and mean what I say with my son and only promise what I am truthfully able to deliver. And there are sometimes I have told him, baby, I love you right now, but mommy needs a moment. I've had a very long day. Just let me have five, 10 minutes and then we can connect, but I cannot do it right this second. So I love how you mentioned that because that is a key. Kids, they smell it. And I think one of the things I had a therapist on this show told me that kind of stayed with me, which I'm sure on your podcast, you have little nuggets that kind of stayed with you, is she said, from the time children are young to they're older, we're building trust with our children. Yes. Now, whether you're a parent, whether you're a child care, you want to build the trust and the bond so that they can feel safe and secure. Fine. But if over time you're breaking that trust by lying occasionally or they feel like they can't count on you, they're like, listen, every time mommy says she's going to take me here, but then she doesn't follow through on her promise, how can I take her seriously? Mm -hmm. So that when that time comes, when they do go to school and they meet people who have a bigger influence and they're whatever, you're slowly breaking that trust to where now it almost kind of hinders. So you want to make sure that that ball of trust that you have with them tries to stay intact as long as possible. And then to your point, it is okay with saying, look, I don't know the answer right now. I don't know this right now, but let's figure it out together. As opposed to the old generation of thinking, I know everything. What I'm saying is correct mm -hmm. because we don't have the answers. We don't know it all. Yeah, I've learned that in my childcare and I'm not perfect. And I think it's important to teach your child that you're not perfect and it's okay to have feelings. And if you build that trust from a young age then hopefully when they get to five and you keep building that trust and not breaking the promises yes. it does make it easier well you hope it does I know one of my fears as a parent with social media and my son struggling with that and when that time comes and we have drugs and stuff and things of the peer pressure so those are things I struggle with a fear that I have so I try and make it a safe space for him to express himself in all shapes and sizes and forms of whether he's happy, sad, et cetera. I think children 
they thrive when they feel that. I think they thrive more if they feel, and at least I hope, like I said, this is my first and he's only five, but I can only hope and pray that the foundation that we're trying to build so that as he gets older, he can carry it with him. When he gets angry, I say, get angry. You're allowed to get angry. If he expresses himself, I say, express yourself. We're like two peas in a pod. And there are certain times I'll go to kiss him and he's like, he wipes it off. And he's like, I don't want to kiss right now. I say, okay, mm -hmm. cool. And I mean, we're two peas in a pod. So in my mind, I'm like, you don't want mommy's kiss. And he's like, not right now. I say, okay, no problem. I think all of that for them to have the autonomy over their body is so super important and to respect it and say, okay, no problem. Let me know when you want mommy to give you a kiss. All right, we move on. It's important. Yeah, I think it is because they learn that autonomy early. And as I said, it's not always that easy to do. There are sometimes when you're stressed and they want your attention and vice versa, yeah. you've just got to say, look, I'm wanting time and I respect you if you want time as well. Have you recognized or come across this? Because I was talking to my husband about this. I didn't realize, but I know there's a new term called the sensory overload with parents, particularly mothers, because there's this whole thing of being the on-demand parent. And I feel like I am the on-demand parent with my son. My husband could be right there and he'll be like, mommy, can you get me water? And I'm like, dude, daddy's right there. It's like the one parent that they zoom in on. But I have a sensory overload. If I hear mommy more than quite a few times, if I'm with him, let's say like an all day thing on the weekend and he's like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And I've had to tell him, I'm like, look at my husband. I have to go away for a second. I need a moment because it's the mommy and the follow-up questions. And to your point, I think one of the most difficult things about parenthood, because I'm sure fathers deal with this as oh, well, yeah. is trying to be mindful and do all of the things we know we should be doing with our children, giving them the autonomy, giving them the respect, pausing, et cetera, et cetera. But when we have our own stuff to deal with, me trying to leave my work at work and not carry it over. But that is one of the most difficult things because I'm thinking mm -hmm. about the emails I haven't responded to. I'm thinking about the deadlines. I'm thinking about all of these things that start growing. And I hear mommy, mommy, and I feel it. I can literally feel it. And I'm like, I need to take a step back because I'm about to lose my SHIT. And I have. And of course, there are moments. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is he then calls me out. My son has been like, whoa. And then that's when it kind of brings me out. I'm like, okay, we're having, you know, it's, let's, let's. <laughs> and then I kind of step away and then regroup. But it's a very, very real thing when you're on the constant go and how that bubbles up. Yeah, oh, that's sorry. exactly the point. They're not perfect. And I think that's bringing it all back to what we initially said, that you both need that space. And as a mum, it can be very tough. Yes, yeah. it can. Is there any final tip that you'd like to give to a mum that you feel is valuable to? Give yourself grace. Remember this too shall pass. That was a big one for me. I think sometimes we're in the uh -huh. thick of it and we think this season is the most stressful. And then you're like, oh, then you get another season. You're like, oh, that wasn't hard. This is hard. So embrace it as much as you can and know that it's just a season. It will pass. Ask for help. Yeah. Find your village as much as you can. A village can be a podcast. It can be a book. It can be friends. I think a lot of times women also get overwhelmed if let's say they don't have family nearby and they're yeah. like, oh, I don't have a village. And I'm sure that could be tough because then you have to seek out people you can trust. But that's it seek it out, join groups, listen to books. I always say as a mom, it's so important to have that toolbox of resources that you can tap into because to your point, we're not perfect. And yes, sometimes I have to start over every day and start again because 
yesterday was on overload and I had the guilt because maybe I yelled at him when I didn't want to yell at him or I just got overwhelmed or whatever it is. So it's so important that you have your toolbox of resources that you can tap into to give you those reminders. Have positive affirmations and just surround yourself with love and light and people that empower, inspire, and uplift you because that will definitely transition to your child, to your family. Thank you. I love that. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you or if they want to find out about your podcast, how do they get in touch with you? Sure. Very simple. You can go to themotherhoodvillage.com. You can listen to podcast episodes there. I have more to come on the website. I have a YouTube channel coming. You could subscribe. I do a newsletter and yeah, you can reach out to me from there. Well, thank you, Nicole, for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you and I look forward to putting all this in the show notes so that other mums can reach out to you. So thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Helen. You have a wonderful day. Take care. I hope you find hearing about Nicole's motherhood journey as inspiring as I did. I highly recommend checking out the Motherhood Village podcast where you'll hear Nicole educate and empower mothers through open and honest, informative and impactful conversations. I've included links to her podcast, website and social media in the episode show notes, which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash 108. Is your little one suffering from colic, constipation and having problems sleeping? Baby massage may be a solution you've been looking for to help you experience less crying, less stress and have a happier, more content little one and household. I've created a free introduction video to baby massage that demonstrates its many wonderful benefits and how it can help both you and your little one. You can access this video by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Next week, I'm chatting with transformational and emotional mindset coach and disability advocate, Janice Green, who talks about her journey bringing up her children with the challenges of being disabled. I'm sure you'll find Janice's journey as inspiring and motivating as I did.